0: Welcome to another episode of recipe to success I had to take a little break but we're back back with a bang before we get into the episode be sure to subscribe show your support there's a lot of you watching that aren't subscribing so be sure to subscribe it won't take long it's free just please go ahead and support so Sam how are you doing, bro? I'm alright my brother. Hamza, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for coming on. You're a busy man, hard to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> Always in and out of the country. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> caught me
1: as I've just got back. So how you yeah,
0: been? How's, how's everything going? How's how's the return to London been?
1: Well, you know what? It was you know when you go away for so long, it's a bit weird. Even like being in a car and driving on the other side of the road and there's there's certain things that you miss so much, like the cool breeze and even rain. I was away like I was in Dubai for eight months. I was well Dubai four months and then I went to Miami for two months and then back to Dubai um so yeah just feeling the cool like English breeze is nice um but yeah it was an unforgettable time man I home is go. home yeah yeah home is home bro home is where the heart is so. that's it that's yeah, it bro.
0: so for me obviously I've known you for like a little while um I've followed you for a little while I've seen you kind of grow as well um we were talking about that off camera as well like yeah. your journey and stuff um but for anyone that doesn't know who you are, why don't you
1: give us a little brief introduction? All right. So, I'm uh Sam Savage, as some of you may know me. Uh that's Sa- not actually my government name. A lot of people think my name's Sam. <laughs> uh there's girls out there going, oh, "I thought your name was Sam this whole time." Until so they've realized my name's actually Hussam. So, so I've got a uh, That's the big reveal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a Moroccan <laughs> name. Um, so I st- I started off uh DJing when I was at university, quite young, got into it. Um as I was doing my own events, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't like the DJs I was hiring. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a crack at it myself. Um, I'm a bit of a, like a, I don't know.
0: Perfectionist.
1: Perfectionist, yeah. So I I, I like to do things myself, even the flyers I was doing myself, and I was, I'm like a one man band. Um, So I taught myself how to DJ in my uni room, just had this little like controller and and it went from there, Just I guess uh, it became this big thing where I started touring the world, and you know, uh, I can't complain, man, I can't complain. So
0: whilst I know you're quite a humble guy, let's, let's, let's kind of give people an idea of the Skip level gassed. that you're, let's yeah, get let's, gassed, yeah, let's talk All about right, the cool. level that you're operating on. International <laughs> DJ, so let's talk about, let's name drop some of the places you performed at, some of the b- maybe big moments in your own life as well as a right. DJ.
1: So for me, my, um, my biggest moment was conquering America. Um, there's not a lot of UK DJs that can say, I've gone to America and I've DJed in M- Miami's best clubs. So it was when I kind of uh, closed that gap, I was like, all right, cool, I've DJed in Miami, I can DJ anywhere now. And I was like, so I've gone, I've just come, as, as you heard, come back from Dubai, uh, been in Switzerland, Germany, France, uh, Morocco, my hometown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's everywhere everywhere you can imagine but the only place i haven't dj'd that i really want to go to is ibifa i've never actually been to ibifa believe it or not but i'm not a house dj but Mm. ibifa scene is changing as well so hopefully that's on the card soon so for
0: the past year and a half um i I think a group of people that were most affected was djs because obviously events have have all been cancelled all nightlife all All nightlife yeah um so essentially there's literally no work for djs yeah um and uh, people will be hearing that you've been traveling the world so was that a conscious decision that you made or was it straight away like how did that happen
1: so so the opportunity came at me kind of well i mean i kind of went for the for the opportunity myself so what so at happened the beginning
0: of lockdown you were still here Yeah, so I at, the ve-
1: at the very start i mean everyone no one knew what to expect i, w- I remember i had a european tour so i called it uh, the brexit tour so that was just after brexit happened and i was touring um I think i was in portugal switzerland france i believe i went to france that's where i caught covid because i came back um i think two days before they locked down in france because it was italy and then france that was like the the second worst in europe um so when i came back i lost my sense of taste sense of smell and i was like oh this is weird this never happened to me before but no one knew this that this was a symptom at the time so it wasn't until like later on I found out, oh, I must have had COVID. It was like bed bound for like three days. Like, thank f- thank God I've got like a good immune system. So it didn't really affect me too bad. Um, and then, yeah, so did the first lockdown here. No one knew what to expect. No one knew how long it was gonna be.
0: Three weeks we were told. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, good old Boris. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, luckily uh, you, you, uh, you have had Hassan on, on the show here before. So Hassan's a very good friend of mine. Um, his brother Hussein. Um, we spent lockdown together mostly for the first lockdown, and it was it was quite fun. You saw us on ins- Instagram live, yeah. We were that. trying to entertain. I was trying to do the Instagram live sets and and keep people interacted. Um, and then the second lockdown happened, which was in I believe that was in end of the summer. I think it was end of the summer, right? Which was a. Bit less serious, but people were still trying to do like private events here and blah blah blah. They were all kind of underground stuff. I didn't really want to associate my name with that too much because at the end of the day I've got a big brand, so I don't want you. Don't, you don't want to be seeing DJ in here, DJ in there. Clubs see that and they're like, oh, this guy's a bit of a sellout. Um, so, so I was avoiding that and I was just trying to keep my head low. I got bored of doing the Instagram live sets and stuff like that, so I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on me. Let me try. Some new avenues I was looking into opening a restaurant I was looking so there's there's many things that are on the cards at the moment that I'm looking to do soon um so it was a blessing in disguise the second lockdown and then um, I remember the third lockdown so it was Hassan he told me that he's going to Dubai this was just before the third lockdown was announced and I was he was like oh why don't you come and then I, I looked, I was like, mm, I'll think about it. You know, those half-hearted ones. <laughs> and then uh, I stepped out of my house that same day and I looked at the sky and it was gray. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go on Emirates, <laughs> let me see how much flights are. I booked my flight there, I called him. I was like, Hassan, I'm coming with you to Dubai. We were intending to go for 10 days only. Um, we went for 10 days, ended up being, he stayed there for two months. I stayed there longer, obviously. Um, because one, once I was out there, just made a few connections. Uh, this is the thing about DJing; you have to be very good socially and like networking. you have to be networking. Yeah, you have to be networking like crazy. So when I was out there, um, luckily my portfolio spoke for itself. Where I was DJing before um, in in the London Mayfair scene and stuff like that, so it was easier to you know pick up gigs. And then there, yeah, I stayed there for for eight months and I came back. The rest was a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that was that, that was how lockdown went for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was Amazing. a blessing in disguise. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's good. So let's talk about the the journey a little bit, because obviously you've you've got to this point. You you actually made the most of lockdown in a way. You tried to find a, a smart way to play it. Yeah. Um. But before that, like you mentioned briefly, how you kind of got into it. But I'm guessing it was a lot more detailed than that in terms of you know actually the grind of it. So in terms of DJing itself where did that journey begin and even before that you know ha- who was sam savage at young age
1: yeah so i always had um a knack for having like the being the first to have the newest songs like um i don't know if you remember the old school nokia phones where it was like infrared and you would bluetooth the song to your friend i was always the guy that everyone would get like grime instrumentals off or the newest grime songs off of my phone and then um from that, it developed into producing a lot. Of everyone back in the day was like a grime MC or whatever, especially that my my era. Um, so I started producing my own grime beats, and and I was actually a producer before I was a DJ. So I started producing at the age of thirteen. Uh, it was like yeah, year nine, yeah yeah eight year nine, on Fruity Loops, and then um, I continued producing up until university. Um, and as as I said, I was doing events at university. Um, and where, where I was doing the events, I, as I as I said, I'm a perfectionist, so I like everything to a T. Um, so when I heard DJs coming in and they're mixing and they're not that great, because you you pay for what you get, yeah, you, know? you pay for a cheap DJ, you get a mediocre DJ. Um, so I was like, you know what, this can't be that hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I borrowed actually this controller from a friend of mine who was at uh, he's a DJ who was at university and um i always had this like the knowledge of beats and bars from my production background so the timing of music and bpms and stuff like that i all understood so it was a bit easier for me to pick it up um i don't want to get too technical in here but uh yeah so once once i started just like practicing in my room um my friend who borrowed me the decks he came he came and he heard me like he heard the mix that i recorded and he was like bro, this is this is like actually really good for your first mix i can't believe it like and the other little bits here and there I learned on YouTube. You can learn pretty much anything on YouTube. I learned Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, pretty much every cameraman will know about Final Cut Pro. But if yeah. you want to do it, yeah, if you want to learn. <laughs> yeah, you if you want to learn. learn it, everything's out there. Like, everything's like easily accessible. Um, so from then, I, when I started doing parties and like at university, throwing my own events, it was, um I got this buzz from DJing and it was like just, Creating an atmosphere and like making sure that atmosphere a- atmosphere stays at a certain level and crowd control and being able to control it like that it was it felt like you know you have literally power in your hands, um, so I guess from there from university I moved on to kind of um, I was actually doing weddings. If if you I don't know if you've heard of a DJ called DJ Rugrat, mm-hmm. um, so he's a good friend of mine, very good mentor. So it was uh, DJ Scar and DJ Rugrat, these guys have been in the game for a long time. And he actually owns a roadshow at the moment called Musical Movement, so they specialize in wage, uh, Asian weddings. Um, I was doing Asian weddings, so I was doing Mendy's, I was doing wow. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, was re- it was really like at the start of my career. Um, and that was where like, you know, it, I kind of learned a few skills, like. You the know, basics. yeah, yeah, the basics like scratching, blah, blah, blah. I was Just, um, and then from then I was like doing bars. I was really grinding, bro. There was a lot of times I would like the bars that I was doing. I was like doing for almost free. Club nights, I would just be messaging promoters trying to get myself out there because if you're at the end of the day, if your name's not mentioned at all, you're never. No one's just gonna scroll on Instagram and look for a DJ. You have to be referred by someone. You have to know someone. That's how a game works in any in any sort of industry so just getting your face out there your name out there um that slowly developed for, for pubs became clubs and then i was doing like camden bars a lot camden gilgamesh was my first ever club set i remember that r.i.p gilgamesh <laughs> <laughs> um exclusive such, uh they, they were like the very big in the west end scene back in the day um they booked me for my first set and i was in like the you know there's always two rooms there's like the main room and then there's like the sideman room so i was like in the <laughs> sideman room and i was really trying to go for it and i was stealing all the crowd from the main room they were coming there and um yeah from there like naturally i had that that ear for for music and i know where to take the night and i know where when to drop certain songs and um yeah from that it became a lot of um networking after that i realized that all, right, all this working for free and blah blah, I'm just being a busy idiot, as they say. Um, I'm not really going to the right, I wanna go here, but I'm staying here, so it doesn't make sense. So what I did is I started becoming friends with promoters. A lot of the promoters in the nightlife scene, my friend, my own friend, Dawal, he became a nightlife promoter for a team called AOC, uh, who, who's, um, who's owned by a friend of mine called Nico. So Nico um, was a guy who would always, like he's very catering, very welcoming, and he always took me on his wing and like brought me into like Cirque Le Soir and big clubs like that in, the, in Mayfair. Cirque Le Soir was the first one I went to. And I fell in love with that place. I found out one of the owners is like, one of the partners there, the main partners is Moroccan. So I used that to my advantage and I was like, introduce myself, blah, blah, blah. And you know what's funny? I read a book back in the day, um, where it's called The Game. So I don't know if you've heard of it. It's game by Neil Strauss. So it's it's a bit of an embarrassing thing to admit, but it was a, it's actually a book about social dynamics and how to talk to women. But what this book did, it actually taught me about social dynamics in all kind of aspects. So just how to talk to people and and to uh, to maintain kind of like a natural and get your actual personality across without having those you know those barriers that normal people have. So. I found it easier to talk to people in in certain rooms, and that's why I guess I am where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: one one qu- I've got a few questions based on kind of what you've what you've said, but first thing is, I think one of the things you mentioned was cheap DJ, right, or mediocre DJ, and you mm. get what you pay for. But I think a lot of people don't actually know what makes a good DJ or what makes a DJ elite or what yeah, makes yeah, no. a DJ worthy of getting yeah. to these Mayfair clubs. Yeah. So, from your perspective, what actually
1: makes a good DJ? So what makes a good DJ is someone who, as I said, has a good sense of crowd control and um, they know their crowd. They know and they're willing to experiment with certain things. So it's not just a DJ who's got a set amount of songs and they play the same thing week in, week out. You always have to mix it up. You have to kind of be current, be fresh. Also cater to the older crowd. You have to try and keep everyone happy, which is all it's never it's never possible to keep everyone happy you always get that one person ah can you play my song please (laughs) but (laughs) you you just got to deal with that you know what i mean um but once you've got to a level where you know all right this is i this is this song i know is going to put me here and then from this song i'll go to this genre and and the transitions and you have to have a certain certain identity so everyone, like all the top DJs, so DJ Ike, DJ Charles, uh, Prince, DJ Jojo, um, DJ Rugrat, even DJ Scar, these, these are like DJs at the top of their game. And they all have their own individual style. None of them sound the same to each other, including myself. Um, and I guess that's why you just have to develop your own kind of style and find your find your lane and then stick with it mm-hmm. yeah.
0: so w- was it at the point where you decided to make friends with promoters that that's when you started taking it seriously as a career or did you start taking it seriously from the beginning
1: no so from the beginning i actually um, <laughs> i actually did a recruitment for the nhs when i left university uh because i i actually dropped out of university first year um and i started i went on to working for the nhs i started as a recruitment officer i was recruiting doctors and nurses Um, and then I worked my way up to business development manager. And it was at that point where I was like at a crossroad. I was like, okay, do I continue down this corporate path and stick to a nine to five, or do I chase my hobby and my dream, which is something that I love? And uh, it was something that someone said to me, it was like, look, if you do something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. or Something along them lines. so yeah it was it was it was it was that that was like the tipping point when I quit that job at the NHS and I was like you know what I'm going to do this full time I'm going to be a DJ I'm going to just throw myself in the deep end mm-hmm. makes sense
0: yeah. and let's talk about the the networking part and the the doing gigs for free because I think obviously for anyone listening or watching whether that's you know aspiring DJs mm. or even just general like people that are trying to you know start their own thing self-employed etc they Sometimes, I mean, I get a lot of DMs personally, you must do too, yeah. about how do you start? And yeah. when I started my business, it was, let's do work for free. Let's build yeah. a portfolio. Yeah. Let's let's get our name out there. Let's, you know, build relationships. Um, exactly. But it's almost as if people are not willing to do that anymore and they just want to start making money from day one. So what's your, what's your take on that? And what would you advise young people that are trying to aspire in, you know, doing something that they want to, that they dream of essentially?
1: So I guess w- when it comes to stuff like freelance work, for example, like our work, Um, yeah it's impossible to you know All right, cool I'm going to start doing this I'm going to be a I don't know digital digital designer or graphic designer for example and I'm going to charge this price because no one knows what your work is going to come out like so no one you don't have that value yet you know so you have to kind of find your own self value and build yourself up to somewhere where it's like okay cool I'm worth this and this is what I have to prove for it so I guess that's that's the that's the, that's the the best way I can put it, anyway.
0: Yeah. So when you're starting out, if you're trying to pitch to, let's say, business owners, um, like how our work is, you're not bringing enough value to the table if you're starting from scratch. There's yeah. nothing for them to say, okay, let's we're gonna buy into this guy or this girl. And once you build your value, then they're willing to sit on the table with you and then they can exchange, okay, cool, like, what's your price, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've got no portfolio, no uh, background, no experience, then how can you demand something especially if that person's got a whole choice of options yeah exactly um so build your value and then
1: you. and can then yeah i mean you can build your value to the point where you don't have to ask anymore people are coming and chasing you which is what kind of happened to me towards you know it, it, it it's so, it's never just easy you can't just, I, I can't just sit here and say oh, okay just do this and do that like you always have to learn yourself and you have you have to take the steps but if you build yourself to that point where your value speaks for itself you don't have to chase any jobs you don't have to to chase any work it will come to you and you'll be there and like you'll be in a position where it's like okay cool this is going to benefit me if i take it this way or this is not going to benefit me if i associate my name with this um and that's that's the best position to be in Mm -hmm. when the ball's in your court
0: and let's talk about networking so a lot of people i think now have the perspective of networking that i'm gonna go into a room with this person or these people and they're already thinking in their head how they're gonna make the most of that relationship or maybe ask for something straight away yeah. but from my perspective networking has always been you don't know where it's gonna go you just genuinely try to build a relationship and that's if something it. comes from it amazing so it. is is that, that
1: that's that's the thing it's, uh, Networking is not a transactional thing where you can just kind of go up to someone and expect something in the outcome. Um, I guess it takes having, finding yourself, like your own personality and showing and being, like, sorry, I was stumbling on my words. (laughs) So it takes like showing your own personality and being able to step into a room and I guess have a presence. You, You, you can't just go in there demand this and demand that or i mean you can tell yourself about that you can tell them what you do blah 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 but you can suggest but i don't think you should ever ask at the very beginning of meeting someone anyway for anything from them um you you have to build a relationship and that's i guess it's there's fundamentals in building a relationship and um you know for example someone that owns a club they probably get about 100 DJs a week Come up to them And say Oh I really want to DJ in your club For them Why would they Get rid of the DJ They've already got A relationship with To replace them with you Unless You're This outstanding DJ That they've already Heard about um, So I guess The key is Just Yeah Work on personality um, Work on Being A humble person You don't want to be Too arrogant You don't want to You know um, And people Appreciate that because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of genuine people out there anymore mm-hmm. so yeah being genuine helps <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. well, what's some of the most common questions you get asked um like in your dms and stuff from a dj
1: perspective from a dj perspective it's um or is it just how did you how do you live this party lifestyle yeah it's <laughs> like people see it and they just be like oh how how are you how are you one week here and one week there like um but a lot of people do ask me Oh, how did you how did you learn? Blah blah blah. And I always give tips. I'm I'm not one of those people that will just leave someone in the message request. Oh, like if there's actually genuinely someone that wants to learn, I'll be like, okay, cool. You can learn this way. Or my friend, who uh, DJ Rugger, I, m- I mentioned earlier, he's got a DJ academy who can teach you like the fundamentals. Um, but yeah, I I like being now the guy to go because I was in that position where I was asking people, okay, how do I learn this, and how do I learn how to scratch, and how do I learn how to this. Um. So, yeah, I, I I like I like to I, I like when I get questions like that. Mm-hmm. It's better than oh, oh why are you in this country or why are you traveling through the pandemic? Do you not think? You're... And I was like, listen, <laughs> that's another thing I got. Um. So I got a lot of people when my when I first went to Dubai and I was working out there. A lot of people were like, oh, it's a pandemic and you're traveling. Don't you think of others and blah blah blah? And I was like, listen, you guys are all on furlough you lot are all getting paid your wage. I'm self-employed. I have to go out there and physically work for my own money. I can't just sit at home and get paid by the government. So it doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, that's just ran over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to, to touch on that, actually, I think, yeah, a lot of people, they, they weren't able to see all the context um, because yeah. maybe they were just thinking that you're just going there for a holiday. But yeah. in reality, like it was business and pleasure, a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's always like that. When, uh, pretty much any time I travel is for business and pleasure. Oh, I mean, it's for business anyway, but the pleasure just comes along with the job, I guess. So I, I enjoy my job, whether I'm in Dubai, I enjoy it well, whether, whether I'm in London, whether I'm in Morocco, everywhere. It's, it's, it's an enjoyable job at the end of the day. So it, yeah, I can't help it, but look like I'm having fun.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, pleasure, I'm going to talk about-
1: Easy tiger. One, one,
0: <laughs> one question that I'm, maybe you get a lot, but where did the name come from?
1: Oh, Sam Savage? <laughs> so it's a funny story actually um are you really a savage that's what the people want to know no it's, it's it's pretty much like an oxymoron because as you see i'm a pretty humble guy i'm quite um i was actually quite shy growing up um i was always shy which is another reason why i bought the game by Neil strauss the book that i mentioned earlier um i was quite like a timid character shy reserved um but savage i guess was an oxymoron but where it came from is another story. So previously, before I was Sam Savage, I had a different DJ name. It was DJ KK. Um, DJ KK was just a bit, you know, it was four letters f- and people didn't, it's not Googleable, it's not SEO kind friendly. of friendly. Um, and I I figured it was uh, to a point where I was DJing at so many pubs and bars and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to dissociate my my brand with that. so. That's where, when I chose to go into the Mayfair scene is when I branded myself Sam Savage. And that came from a Facebook status. I was like, what should I name myself as a DJ? Or what should I rename myself? And someone suggested that um, because Sam was just short for my name, Hossam It's half my name, literally. And um, I liked the alliteration that was in it. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll take Sam Savage, it sounds pretty cool. And um, And also, I know it sounds a bit crude, but on paper, Sam Savage you wouldn't know what my ethnicity is um, so that does that does come Open into play yeah sometimes. and it opened doors it def- definitely opened doors as soon as I changed my name to Sam Savage because um, it's true sometimes you can get boxed in just because yeah, yeah, of your ethnicity yeah, yeah, even yeah, yeah. yeah 100% it's unfortunate but it's the reality it is the reality it's the reality so it was a pretty neutral name you don't You. I mean Sam Savage you could be from anywhere it could be you know what I anyway, mean anywhere yeah, yeah literally anywhere so um, that was the main reason why I changed it and uh, that's why I'm Sam Savage and to this worked. day. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Amazing.
0: So uh, let's talk about your, your, your childhood um, and you know your parents and Morocco um, yeah. a little bit because I mean you talked about the story of you know how you got into DJing and you know your early days and it was very young that you mm. even thought about this stuff yeah. where a lot of people especially at that time where there was no social media and stuff there was less access to information. So you had to go above and beyond to search for that information yeah yeah so were you always entrepreneurial and does that come from maybe your upbringing
1: yeah so i guess um my upbringing was a place where so i was born in Edgeware, Edgeware hospital um i grew up in a neighborhood called deansbrook which is not the best of neighborhoods uh i grew up i could i was like I grew up with a very good family. My, my mother and father, like, alhamdulillah, they were very like very good. Um, my dad was a hard worker. Mum was a typical stay at home mom, you know. Um, but growing up as a child, I guess seeing both your parents grind, you kind of want to break the cycle, you know? You don't want to be another, like, uh, blah, 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 grinding every day. And um, that's where I got my motivation from. Um, And a lot of it could have went south because there's a lot of, um, you know, when when you're in that predicament, you always think, okay, quick money, fast money, I could do this, I can do that. Um, And a lot of my friends went down that path. Where it it changed for me was um, actually choosing where to go for college. So a lot of my friends that went to college um, nearby, uh, they, Kind of thing. I separated myself from them, and I, I stayed at sixth form. There was a there was a teacher there called Mr. Khan uh he, he, was, he was one of those teachers that we like lunchtime on friday he'll always grab you all right do my prayer come juma prayer <laughs> and he was very like he'd call you like if he saw you so like with your trousers low he's why is your trousers low you waste man <laughs> he was he was militant like he would call parents on speed dial like oh, come come into a lesson and, and see how your son's behaving and, and like, he was he was like that but um he was one of the guys who influenced me to stay on that sixth form at my school um, <laughs> and I guess from then, where I kind of separated myself from the bad crowd, um, I was able to, you know, branch out a little bit, out a little bit more and change my scenery and uh, you're a product of your environment at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's why you see me now, I always surround myself with successful people because at the end of the day it's, it's, it's one of those things you kind of, you're influenced a lot by the people you're around. Um let's talk about that
0: because um we spoke off camera uh, about you know the the famous circle uh yeah. it's become an Instagram circle <laughs> yeah. you guys um but it's true you you spend a lot of time with i guess high net worth individuals successful entrepreneurs you've achieved success in your own you know field as well but you're around older individuals who mm-hmm. have achieved success as well in their own level yeah. um and and you wouldn't really surround yourself with people like that unless you brought something to the table as well so what's some of the lessons you've learned from surrounding yourself with those kind of individuals and you know what what are some of the things that you can pass on to to the young viewers
1: so i always say surround yourself with like-minded people so that's kind of why um me and my circle now we we click because we're all like-minded we're kind of um you know work hard play hard um Always thinking about business first. Um, business is priority, f- especially for Hassan. Hassan, you, you're like I, I don't know. You did an interview with him. How many times did his ring? Fo- it's his phone ring. Yeah, he's non. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's non-stop. nonstop. Um, there's another friend of mine, uh, Hassan Sharbatli. He's a, a very nice guy. He's also he's 26, but very very successful. Very successful in what he's done. Um, very humble and. I guess one thing about my circle they're all quite humble you know you don't see anyone in getting into any controversy. I mean, yeah, we might have fun here and there, blah blah blah, but they're all very humble people and genuine people and um yeah, like i said it's it's best to surround yourself with like minded people, and then they our brains are like computers, we have neurons uh and everything that you see, every your everyday behavior, like these habits, blah, blah, blah. of So you need someone like Hassan, for example, he would see me do a bad habit and he'd be like, you you need to stop doing that, you need to stop doing this. And I'd do the same to him. So you need people like that around you that are gonna push you to be better.
0: Mm-hmm. And is, was there anything like that you, other than the everyday things, maybe something that you just randomly took from them, from their journey, that you thought, okay, you know what, that's actually gonna benefit me as well. Or is it just the things that every day that you learn because you spend so much time with them?
1: I mean, I spend so much time with them, but I guess behavioral things you pick up off people naturally, so you even start speaking like them. Like, they become I, your behavior. I, yeah. I spoke to my mum on the phone the other day, and she's like, "Why do you sound Iraqi?" <laughs> 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 it's just one of those things, you know. You pick it, you pick it up for people naturally. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and surroundings.
0: <laughs> so basically, surroundings are
1: surroundings yeah, are very important. Everything, yeah. everything. And 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 as I said, I learned that from when I was in sixth form, because um, I I could I I know for myself if I went down that path and I went to the college with my old friends that I was surrounding myself with, I would have been in a dark place right now. Hundred percent. I would have been either in prison or in you know, in a lot of trouble. Let's mm-hmm. say. So, yeah.
0: We, talk, we talked about a lot about the the positive things, the good things, and the valuable things. Mm. Um, but I'm sure that in your DJ career, um, maybe even in the journey of um, kind of eliminating yourself from friends, um, there must have been a lot of hardships that happened as well. Um, yeah. So what, what are some of the things that you can share, uh, maybe that you went through that were difficult, that people can gain value from?
1: Difficult? Um, maybe in your early
0: years of DJing.
1: Early years of DJing was finances. Obviously, at the end of the day, everyone's got bills. Everyone has bills, and it's where you you're doing like eight-hour gigs for fifty pound. and you're like, oh wow. Well, like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's not bad. But if it's once a week, it's it's not it's not great at all. So you have to have a perseverance. You have to have you have to be a tough person, and you have to realize that okay, cool, this is a starting block. It's not going to be like this for long. You always have to keep a positive mindset. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure every entrepreneur that you've had on here has probably said the same thing, but mindset is everything. And I remember watching, I'm not one of those people that watch motivational speeches on YouTube, but I was watching a thing on Floyd Mayweather and he was like, um, I think it was his father, he took him out to the beach one time and he um he thought he was training him underwater. But what he did is he submerged his wa- his head underwater and he was like, I want you to try and breathe. And he's struggling, struggling to that point where he's like almost about to suffocate. And then he brings him up and Floyd's like, why the hell did you do that? And his dad turned around and said, you see, you, you remember how much you wanted to breathe when you were underwater? He goes, that's how much you wanna, that's how,
0: how much that's you need. the desire that you yeah. want
1: to have to be successful. You need to want success as much as you want breath like and that was like when I watched that I watched that quite young and I was like you know what stick to it stick to like what you're doing and it will pay off eventually
0: Mm -hmm. one thing that I've realized is that it's not really spoken about much is a lot of people that gain success not only have they had a difficult upbringing a lot of the time but oh sorry not upbringing but beginning of their journey but it's also that those that choose to give up may have actually been successful, but it's it's the perseverance, it's the, the sleepless nights. And sometimes people that stop and give up, they would have achieved that success if they yeah. kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the hardest thing is actually to keep going. It's not necessarily, you know, the the difficulty of business itself or the, the complexity of business itself. A lot of the time, it's just the shared determination and those lonely moments that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we're not taught that you're going to, it's going to take you a while to, le- to earn money as a as a entrepreneur yeah you you think that okay i'm going to start a business and i'm probably going to get wages like i would in a job and then we'll go from there and we'll keep growing but the reality is as a lot of the time is entrepreneurs they're not making any money um for the beginning and then it's slow slow and then you have that thought in your head okay shall i keep going and then those that do continue to go sometimes they reach the next the next kind of phase yeah. um, but it takes those periods in order to get to that success without that period you, you you won't achieve success and you'll just give up and think okay let me just go to a normal job yeah
1: exactly I mean a lot of people they have this perception of um, business and entrepreneurship uh, where they see online and they just see the success and they see the glitz and glamour but they don't understand what goes into getting to that place and a lot of the time you have to be prepared to take a downgrade and maybe sell that flashy car that you've got and or drive around a little run around. And you have to you, you have to be prepared to do all of that to get to that level. You have to take a step back to take two ten steps, step, forward, yeah, yeah, two steps forward. Um, and there's a lot of people that I guess I could mention, for example, I don't know if you know Skips Savako. Yeah, yeah, of course, of yeah, yeah, Have you had him on? We yet? actually
0: had a podcast, me, Skips, and Rizwan. Yeah. Um, and uh, what happened was the audio got corrupted. Uh-huh. Um So Skips, if you're watching this, we need to we need to <laughs> Part reshoot. Part two. Part two. <laughs> we need to a lot of people have been asking about that. No, but big up,
1: Skips. I, I don't. I don't want to come in here and share his story because that's up to him to, if he wants to share it. But he's got an amazing story. Like, really, I, I, I'm sure you probably heard it when we he were here last time. Yeah. yeah. A lot of perseverance. Um, Rizwan as well. Uh, Hassan, for example, when th- they were never, as as he said on the show before, he, they were never into Shisha and blah, 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 they were into cards. So uh, you have to take a leap of faith and you have to al- always also sacrifice a little bit to gain a bit.
0: Do you think it's, it's, it's harder now because there was a time where if you were an entrepreneur, you you were already taking a risk in order to be an entrepreneur, Mm. but there was less pressure from maybe a social media perspective. Do you think now that maybe people have to almost live up to being this entrepreneur from an external point of view and then that actually causes them to go behind?
1: I think that depends on the type of person you are. If you don't care what people think about you online and you realize that this is a virtual reality, it's not anything near reality you know most of the people that you're seeing online they're fake it till you make it you know what i mean so um if you can if you have that mindset where it's like oh, i don't really care I, I don't mind being seen in a bang up van if i because at the end of the day some of the most successful people they, they you look at mark zuckerberg for example you you don't see him flashing clothes and flashy blah, blah blah even me i come flashy like <laughs> but um yeah, it's just, it's just, that's what, I guess, uh, separates them from us. I saw, I, saw, I saw
0: an image on Instagram the other day, and um, it was like uh, Jay-Z, bef- when he was making six figures, versus Jay-Z when he became a uh, multi-millionaire. Yeah,
1: with like all the crazy hair. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and
0: and it's, it's crazy that, you know, I think when you come from nothing, um, you almost assume that... The success is the materialistic things, mm-hmm. but when you do achieve some level of materialistic things, you realize like, am I actually working so hard for that, or am I working hard for legacy or passion or all of those things that we talk about as entrepreneurs?
1: You know what I think a lot of people realize, especially entrepreneurs in this pandemic, is that health is wealth. There's a lot of people now that are health conscious, uh, conscious, and they're like, okay, I need to get in shape. I need to be like, I, I've. I've I've got all the success, I've got all the money, but what's, it, what's what what good is it going to do to me if I'm unhealthy and I'm and I'm not going to be able to enjoy it and see my kids grow and see and I think that's the main thing about success. Uh you have to be happy. And it's like people say money doesn't buy happiness blah blah blah, but it's, it's something else, it's peace of mind, you know, you you have to have, you have to be peace at mind, at peace at mind. Sorry. I love that, I love yeah.
0: that, because that's actually, ironically, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is the, the importance of a healthy mindset. Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily happiness, because a lot of us, as we grow, we're learning what happiness is to us. Yeah. But even just to have a stable or positive mindset, yeah. because if you're running a business or you're trying to at least achieve some level of success, you do need to have clarity in order to make certain decisions, yeah. or to even show your face somewhere. Yeah. You have to be able to 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 you know be in a space where you're willing to do those things. Whereas if you're in a bad place and you're trying to you know build abundance in a bad place, a lot of the time it doesn't go well because you're dragging your negative energy with you, yeah, and yeah. people can read that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, even I think when I first started in business when I was like young, I I, I, I realize this now as I get older. But when you're sitting down with people, they can sense desperation they can sense negative exactly, energy yeah. and especially those people that get you know they sit down with multiple people every day they can they can read you yeah, so yeah, yeah it's like your your mindset your energy is is literally it will it will change your success it will change your business 100%, hundred you know. so you have to dig deep even if you're in a dark place you have to kind of find the ways yeah. to get out
1: of it yeah, yeah you do and um stress as well, at the end of the day you Stress is a silent killer. Like with business there's a lot more stress and you, you have to kind of, that's why I say we, me and my friends we work hard, play hard because if you're just business, 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 you're gonna dig yourself to an early grave. Um, you have to like kind of enjoy the other things in life as well like family, time away, you know, relaxing, focusing on your health, getting to the gym. Um, you have to have a balance. That's that's real success. A balance.
0: What, what's important to you from a from a mindset point of view? What what do you try to do when you're you know having a difficult day?
1: If I'm having like a, I I, I try and drag myself to the gym. That's like one of my first things I do during the day. Boxing, you know. I've been getting into my boxing recently. Uh, <laughs> um, AJ, he's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> a good friend of mine actually. Um, but. What else? I, I would if I'm having a bad day. I guess um, I would, yeah, just try go to the gym. So, You're quite talk, a positive so, person, though. Yeah, I, I don't have many bad days, but I do have uh, <laughs> I have a tendency of like just kind of. If I do have a bad day, I wouldn't kind of shift that on anyone. I just deal with it myself. So I kind of like shut off from the world. I won't answer anyone's call. I'll just like until I'm out of that funk and then i'm I'm back like i never left you know what i mean but everyone has bad days i guess mm-hmm. um but for me i'm at a point where i'm quite happy with what i like where i am in life i'm quite happy where i'm going um
0: what's the lesson that you learned in lockdown because you obviously had a
1: lot more thinking time i I realized that djing isn't uh isn't gonna be the rest of like it's not gonna be Something that I'm gonna do forever, obviously, as as we all do, we all get old. I can't DJ and And have a family. Yeah. (laughs) I can't DJ when I'm 60 in clubs. Do you know what I mean? It's not realistic. So that's what I started thinking more about the future in in lockdown. And I started thinking, okay, cool. Uh when am I eventually gonna settle down? When am I gonna start a family? Um and that's why now I'm getting involved in a few other business ideas like opening my own kind of Restaurant. that's a perfect segue because i bet. was
0: actually going to ask what's next for dj sam savage yeah so or sam savage let's remove the dj yeah up. yeah
1: <laughs> so at, so at the moment i'm working on opening some um like a it's i don't want to give away too much because i don't want anyone to steal my idea <laughs> um but i'm gonna open up my own um fast food brand let's say it's gonna be a chain so it's something that hasn't been done in the uk yet it's going to be the first of its kind, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to take it. It's It's been very successful in other parts of Europe. Um, you travelled a lot, so I'm sure. You yeah, yeah, there, so, so that that's, it's it's another thing that I've, w- where I've been travelling, I've seen, um, and I'm bringing it over here, and I'm going to try and uh, run with it. So, hopefully, in the next year, it should that should be up and running.
0: Mm-hmm. And when, you know, obviously, you, at this point, you've decided to expand. Um, and kind of branch out of, of, of DJing, but you've been DJing for a while. Um, and I think I, I see a lot where you know people start something and then it doesn't really go to plan and then they start something else. Mm. So do you think that there's a right time to decide about expanding or do you think you should just decide as you go along?
1: So what, like, what this would be, it's not really expanding, it's more of a contingency plan or not. It's a retirement plan. So it's something to fall back on once I've retired, blah blah blah, and it could run itself. Um, because at the end of the day, no one wants to marry a DJ. <laughs> no one, like um, with uh, love life wise. Um, is is Sam? Is the
0: famous Sam Savage looking to get married? That's the question.
1: <laughs> I mean, Maybe. I mean, it seems like from I mean, from, your, from You know what? It would put a smile on my on my mum and dad's face. That's for sure because they're like. They're like, when are we gonna see grandkids? Is this it like you know you're not getting any younger, twenty eight? So yeah, it's it's, it's about time, um, but it's not, it's not ideal when you're a DJ really. It's not. I've tr- I've tried to you know hold down relationships when I was DJing before, and it's just, yeah, it's um it's difficult.
0: It's a complicated one.
1: Yeah, I guess a lot of, a lot of, the like. I mean it's 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 the same for any kind of uh I don't I don't want to be too specific with genders but and, like female or male they wouldn't be happy with their partner's out late night working in a nightclub surrounded by drunk people and blah 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 so, yeah so
0: it's good that you're thinking about the future though yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got it. 100% 100% so Sam we've uh, we've finally got to understand a bit more about Sam because I think a lot of people do follow you on Instagram they see the lifestyle they see what's mm-hmm. going on they see the people that you're surrounded with and they they know you're a DJ but I think you, we had this conversation as well on the phone yeah, yeah like, we had it briefly yeah like people need to know mo- a bit more about you because mm-hmm. you're there's a, there's a lot more right? yeah of course there's a lot more and it took a lot to get here so um I appreciate that but we're gonna have a bit of fun now Okay, um, so we're gonna n- get to know Sam on a bit more of a personal level. Okay, so we call it the rapid fire questions. Yeah. So uh, just answer the questions as quick as you can, don't think too much. All right, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. So I feel like I should have a buzzer here. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Night in or night out? Night in Pepsi or Coke? Coke, money or love? Love laundry or dishes? Dishes, coffee or tea? Tea, your favorite city in the world? That's a controversial one. London. Nice car or nice home? Nice home. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. I know the answer to this one, but AJ or Fury in the ring?
1: AJ. My brother! <laughs> Come on!
0: <laughs> Ronaldo or Messi?
1: Ronaldo. He's a lovely human being, by the way. You met him?
0: No, I haven't oh, met I him, but I, I just what? like what he does off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Especially
1: yeah. what he did with the Coca Cola yeah, thing. Yeah that's crazy. Bro, that's they dropped crazy. 4.5 billion in. Wow. Uh, in Honestly. <laughs> only he can value. have that crazy. kind of impact, right? I mean, Elon Musk, if he if he said something about Coca-Cola, they'd probably <laughs> <laughs> Well yeah, go on.
0: Uh what's your favorite supercar? Ooh,
1: uh Ferrari SF ninety.
0: Very specific. Horror or comedy movie? Comedy. When you're not when you're not working, how do you like to spend your time?
1: Relaxing. Let's
0: keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> um all time favorite meal.
1: Spaghetti bolognese. I don't know why that came to my head first. <laughs>
0: let's go with it and what was your first job
1: um NHS was that no, no it that wasn't NHS it was um, actually in office Camden in the shoe shop
0: <laughs> there you go we all start from somewhere where would you like to retire
1: no furthermore let me take this time it wasn't it was in made man cockfosters uh owned by my uncle Aziz who, and this is his brand um yeah Cheeky so plug. real artistic people yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, what, where would you like to retire
1: Morocco, yeah. I would like to re- retire. In Morocco, have my own kind of saffron field, olive field, watermelon field. You know,
0: the real dream. Nice,
1: yeah. Uh, passenger or driver? Passenger.
0: Role model growing up? <laughs> and finally, if you had one superpower, what would it be and why?
1: read people's mind because i'm very nosy
0: we've had that one a few times actually <laughs> is it yeah yeah, yeah. because i think a lot of people like they don't express themselves and you're wondering what are they thinking yeah 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 They're, i'm I'm,
1: all, I'm a people watcher too so i'm always like i wonder what this guy's life is like i wonder what he's stressing about like
0: <laughs> one question that you surprised me was was uh,
1: night in or night out and you said night in yeah because i'm always spending nights out so <laughs> i prefer night in i like my little peaceful nights in um but they're rare, they are rare, especially when you know I'm working at full capacity. Sometimes it's like day and night I'm out. Yeah, night ends, are, yeah night ends are appreciated. Yeah. So
0: Sam, I'm gonna ask you a very deep question. What, what does success mean
1: to you? Success means um, not having to worry about your family's financial situation, um, not having to worry about whether you're gone tomorrow is your family going to be okay are they going to be able to survive are they going to be able to pay for your funeral costs (laughs) Um, and it's also about you know being a good person as well a lot of people they they reach success and they change as a person but if you are able to humble yourself and realize that you know being successful doesn't make me better than anyone else. Anyone can be successful if they put their mind to it. Um, that's the most important thing, being humble and being um, humble in your success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you could look at your whole journey, if we, if we go through the whole kind of starting, you know, the hard days, and then eventually reaching success in your, in your DJing career, what would you say is the one recipe to success? you could advise young people like the one thing that probably was the most important to you that okay this is one thing that you need to follow if you want to be successful especially also because of you know the people that you're around and things like that
1: perseverance perseverance i think is the main thing you have to be prepared um for hard days for good days you have to be prepared for um no's you're gonna get a lot of no's you're gonna you you have to persevere through all of that and and know your own self worth um, and know your end gate, end goal, sorry, and just tunnel vision, you know? Mm-hmm. You
0: mentioned as well at the beginning that you read um, the book. Yeah, I read are quite you a quite big a few reader? Books. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I that's actually helpful? Off the top of my
1: head, like Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, um, a, cu- a couple books, The Secret, you know, the, the, the bait ones. Um, and yeah, I like reading. Um, I haven't read in a while, um, but I do like reading. It does, you know engage your mind a bit yeah it stimulates your mind um i haven't read in a while which is probably why i'm not as articulate as (laughs) usual (laughs) but yeah i do find after reading that you are better even conversation wise you are like your conversation flows a bit more um so i guess yeah it does stimulate your brain a bit
0: perfect perfect Mm. well i really enjoyed this I, i think um you know there's a lot of value for people to gain um, I think also people will be interested to get an insight into you finally. yeah. yeah. Um, have you got any final message, anything that you want to say to people that support you, anyone that follows you, all of that kind of stuff?
1: Um, well, the people that follow me, they already know that, you know, I'm not just a clown. <laughs> um, but um, for anyone watching this that is thinking, okay, I want to DJ or I want to do this. I want to just do it. Just, you know, don't be scared and go where you got feeling do what you love and enjoy what you're doing. Um, that's that's the best advice I can give anyone, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: And for anyone that has met you for the first time, what's the best place for them to follow you?
1: Um, so all my socials are the same, DJ. At, at, so it's at DJ Sam Savage. And um, yeah, so Snapchat, Instagram, that's probably the ones that I'm most active on. I don't use Facebook anymore. Uh, Twitter's hard to use it, I only check it so you see the news. If anything political has <laughs> happened, I'd go go on Twitter. Um, and that's it really cool we'll
0: put it all in the bio as well thank you all, all for watching I hope you enjoyed this one be sure to subscribe and I'll see you soon